With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to Argyle Chat. Joining me today is Chris Errington yet again. Hello, Chris. Good morning, and I'm joined by Jack Hall. You should give yourself a name check, Jack. Just, just the two of us yet again. Yeah, well, yeah, but um, you know, again, plenty to talk about. Uh, Argyle away in Holland last mm-hmm. week, so um, I think it was a fair few fans went over to to the games. We were back at base, but um, fortunately managed to I um, managed to speak to Derek Adams on the phone a few times, so uh, kept up to date what was going on. And uh, typically with Argyle, it wasn't. A quiet uh, week away, was it? Particularly with the goalkeeping situation. Anything but, uh, straightforward of our goal these days? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the goalkeeping curse continues, doesn't it? It's just, it's just incredible how it's, um, how it's been in the last twelve months, and and unfortunately, uh, Harry Burgoyne's become the latest victim, hasn't he? He has, which we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. Mm. I mean, you, like you said, you spoke to Derek Adams a few times throughout mm. preseason. It's good of him to make himself available when he mm. when he's out there. The last time I think you spoke to him was on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So did he sort of give an assessment about the week as a whole? Yeah, he, he, he was very pleased with it. He thought it worked well. He thought that um, it was a good opportunity for the, the players as a group, new and old, to get together. Um, I, I saw from some tweets that you know, they had a big quiz one night and mm-hmm. you know, that's always good for morale and... Uh, and uh, a bit of a laugh and a joke. I read, uh, I read Paul Watton didn't win, though, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear he wasn't very happy about. <laughs> well, Paul Watton's always been Mr Competitive, so uh, I would imagine if he played uh, Tiddlywinks, uh, he, he would, he would want to win it. So, yeah, I, I can imagine that he wouldn't have been best pleased than not winning the quiz. Um, but, um, no, Derek Adams um, said that, you know, they've got the three games in while they're out there. Um, you know, the plan was to have two, so to get three he was pleased with... Um, Plenty of people got uh, the opportunity to play games and he was very much of the mindset now that it was um, ready to start preparing for Walsall. Obviously, the goalkeeping situation is a bit of a, um, you know, an annoyance for him and is, is going to cause a, a few added um, headaches, but uh, I'm sure it will get resolved during the course of the week. Um, but no, he felt it had gone well. Results-wise, you know, you, you'll look at it and say, well, they played a German fifth division side uh, and only won one nil. You might have expected them to win by more than that, but um, I think by all by all accounts, you know that uh, SV Schoenbeck weren't a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps not the greatest surroundings and facilities, you know. Um, so it's always difficult in these preseason games, you know, to be perhaps fully motivated for a game, especially when don't forget, you know, Argo would have trained say on the Tuesday morning. Yeah. So you know, when they play these games, you know, they train in the morning, play in the evening. I'd, I'd be very surprised, I don't know for sure, but I'm very, very surprised if Schoenbach had trained in the morning because they're a part-time team and then played Argyle in the evening. So, I remember, you know. I, saw, I saw, um I can't remember what's name, what's their strength and conditioning coach called? Oh, Ollie Osborne. Ollie Osborne. I saw mm. he put mm. somewhere that mm. the heat was unbelievable as well. Yeah, well... No same mm. for both teams, but yeah. that plays a part, isn't it? You're not going to have maybe the most exciting game in, no. in those conditions. And, and Derek Adams mentioned that, uh, funny enough, after the uh, game against uh, Maastricht on, on Friday, he said that when they got to the to the ground, um, the temperature was 39 degrees, 3.9. Mm. 
39 degrees, which is, which is hot. Well, not 25 hot. here, and it's we've been struggling. Yeah. So um, he said it was the hottest sort of conditions he'd ever known in a game that one of his teams had been involved in. So um, I think the heat was, in, was, was, it was an issue. And like you say, it's the same for both sides. But, you know, um, they played on the artificial pitch at, at Maastricht, which is good. But obviously, you know, that would have been pretty hot and needed a lot of watering, apparently, to, you know, make it uh, not too bad. Um, so they they lost to Maastricht, you know. Again, they 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 beat Maastricht two one a couple of years ago in pre season. This time they lost one 0 Derek Adams was of the opinion that they'd had more than enough chances in the game to have won it. They conceded an early goal in that game and uh, couldn't get back onto level terms. And in the middle of it, they played against uh, Feyenoord on the Wednesday at uh, Feyenoord's training complex. Uh, it was very much, I think, Feyenoord's reserves, shall we call it. Um, but with some good young players in there, you know, um, Feyenoord one of the such top teams in in Holland. Argyle lost that one two one. Ruben Lemieux getting a a late goal. So um, you know, one win, two defeats. But you know, I think we probably sat and had the same conversation last uh, week when we did the podcast. Jack, results don't really matter in preseason. I don't think you can read too much into preseason games, um, particularly in heat mm. on artificial pitches. You know, against reserve teams. So, you know... Um... And one thing I do want to ask you about, though, is mm. in previous pre-seasons, Argyle scored lots of goals. Mm. He struggled a bit this time around. Mm. Is, regardless of what, what we know, pre-season, league, is that a bit of a concern, do you think? I mean, no, goals I, are goals, aren't they? Yeah, but, but, you know, I think you mentioned last week that David Goodbilly got 10 goals in yeah, one pre-season yeah. and then didn't score all season yeah. sort of thing. So, no, I don't think it is. I, 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 don't, I, I try not to read too much into mm. pre-season. You can do. And, you know, there might be one or two bits and pieces, but... You know, um, you know, look at the opposition they played last week. You know, could they have scored maybe some more goals against the German side? Certainly, but uh, but they didn't. But I'm, I'm no, I'm not going to read too much into into preseason. Saturdays when we find out a lot, isn't uh, it? Saturdays when we find out. I mean, the good thing from a from a uh, sort of related to a goal scoring aspect of Ryan Taylor's played two games out there. He played seventy five minutes against the Feyenoord side, mm-hmm. and he played ninety against MVV Maastricht. Now we all know that if Ryan Taylor's fit and, and, and playing well, then Argyle you know, tend to do well and tend to score goals because it creates, he's not only scoring a few goals, but he creates chances for his teammates as well. So I think probably one of the most encouraging things from the trip last week would be that, that Ryan Taylor's basically got t- near enough two games in and then he's going to have a clear week this week to uh, to get himself fit and ready and you know, I would fully expect him to start the game against Walsall. But he would still be playing a little bit of catch-up, which people need to take into account, I think. Oh, they? You know, he's missed a few weeks of pre-season. He's missed about three weeks of pre-season, which isn't ideal. No. Um, but to get those two games in, in in you know a short space of time and hopefully come for it without any problems is, 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 good, is good news for Argyle, no doubt. Again, it shows some of the struggles he had last season, the fact that Sarsic was playing towards the end of last season, but it's been mm. out for so long. Mm. Any word on him yet? No, him, he's, he, the manager said he was a week behind Ryan Taylor, so I you know, he, he was... Um, he was with the squad in Holland, didn't play in any of the games. Uh, the manager decided not to risk him, and I think that's sensible. Um, you know, I think you know he was he was rushed back last season, yeah. and it's probably not done him any good now. But hopefully, he's over the worst of it now. Uh, so you know, you'd expect that he will be training fully now this week. Um, Connor Grant looks to me as though he could start with Jamie Ness and David Fox as the midfield three. Yeah. There's no desperate rush to bring Anthony Sarsavik back and I'm sure he'll get his opportunity sooner rather than later. Conor Grant did miss 
uh, or wasn't involved in the last two games in Holland because of an illness, but not not an injury, just an illness. So hopefully that was nothing, uh, you know, too much, and you know he'll be he'll be fit to play. So you know I think Taylor will play against Walsall. I think Sarsavik perhaps on the bench. And it's good to see that it's all worked out quite well. You know, we all know the dramas of the Holland camp last year, but mm. we, um, we perhaps thought that they wouldn't go back there this year. But mm. it seems to have worked. Derek's found a way for it to work, unsurprisingly, and they may well go there again in the future. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. You know, he'll go back again. Um, I think you know trying to sort the opposition out a bit earlier would be better because then you get things more mm. structured and you get the sort of opposition you're looking for. Um, but you know, Maastricht, Maastricht is, is a good side to play. They've played them two twice in three years, and that seems to be an arrangement that works quite well. It's hard to build that relationship, does no, it? No, it doesn't. No, and you know they've played at a decent stadium, and you know, um, so it, that that works out well. So, uh, Derek Adams is definitely a man of of habit and routine and and things like that. So, you know, it, I'm sure they'll go back to the, the same place next season. But you know, perhaps try and get. The games firmed up, yeah. You know, earlier than they did this. Although tournament. it would be interesting to see if they do anything with America, because I remember going to a fans forum and mm. they were asked that had the twenty twenty, mm. and they said that's a possibility. So you never know. After maybe chase it up at some point. Yeah. But talking about injuries, mm. we talked about Ryan Taylor and Sarsovic, mm. and we briefly mentioned the fact that Harry Burgoyne's mm. sadly broken his ankle, and that must be mm. a huge blow not only to the club but to him as well. Um, the goalkeeper curse just continues <laughs> and continues and continues. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, seven keepers last season and. Uh, We've already lost one this season, and the the actual league season hasn't started. Um, you know, I feel so sorry for Harry Burgoyne because he must have come to Argyle thinking this is my opportunity to really get a good mm-hmm. run of first team football. And and by the sounds of it, the way Derek Adams explained it to me was it was just you know warming up before training, just a bit of movement around. His studs got caught in the grass, and he's ended up breaking an ankle. And you know, ankle breaks aren't the easiest to to recover from, you know, um, you know, Derek Adams said it'd probably be out until December. It's a long, it's a long time chunk to, of the season. It's a it? long time to be out. So um yeah, really disappointing for him. You know, you you're twenty one year old, you know, it must have been you know, he put a few tweets out, he was excited, he was ready for the season and looking forward to it and um and instead he's uh, gone back to Wolves, he's in plaster. Um, you know, Derek Adams mentioned that um you know, Wolves and Argyle have this arrangement where Argyle are committed at the moment to paying Harry Burgoyne's wages, even though he's injured. I think Argyle will be hoping that as Harry Burgoyne's going to be out for such a long time, they might be able to come to some sort of um, mm. arrangement compromise with Wolves over that. But, you know, um, that's that's the agreement they entered. So, you know, Wolves would be within their rights to say, no, well, that's what we're sticking to. Um and then, you know, the question then to Derek Adams, well, are you going to replace him or are you going to go with the two goalkeepers you've got? No, he's committed to having three goalkeepers. He thinks it's important to have three goalkeepers. So who is that third goalkeeper going to be? Is it going to be Remy Matthews, who's been told by Norwich that he won't be their first choice keeper this season? Um, so that is an option. Although, um, you know, whether that will come to pass or not, who knows? So we've got Kyle Leatheran, Michael Cooper and Ian Other. And that Ian Other if he comes in this week, might well start against Walsall. I mean, Derek Adams is going to have a long list of goalkeeper connections after the last few years. I mean, it's, he, he, he must it's... know an awful lot of people. Um, and the one thing I suppose I'd say about goalkeepers is there's an awful lot of goalkeepers out there that aren't going to get first team yes, football. A lot of goalkeepers. Now, you've got to find the right one, but I'm sure, you know, he proved last season that fairly short notice he could come up with goalkeepers from uh, left, right and centre 
they'll they'll know a lot of people in the goalkeeping fraternity, won't they, after yeah. last yeah. season? So well, they might not want to come down here with the record well, they've got. No, maybe not. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, that's the sad thing. I mean, I spoke to Harry McGoin in the media day. Mm. And, you know, he was excited to come off a few games for Wolves last year. He played mm. against Liverpool a little mm. while ago. Yeah. He also mentioned the fact that he's with England and wants to yeah. um, and, and and progress there. So it's, it's such a huge blow for a, uh, someone of such a young age as well. If he'd come down here and had a season, say, like Remy Matthews had done or something like that, he would have put him in a really good position mm. to further his career, wouldn't it? He could have gone back, you know, with lots of League One experience under his belt. He might have got an England under-21 call-up or something like that, which would have been great, wouldn't it? You know, everything would have fallen into place. But that is football for you, you know. Just when you think things are going well you quite often uh, find out it's, it's going the opposite direction sort of thing. So, you know, we can, we can only wish him well and, and uh, you know, see what happens. With and the timing is with as well. I mean, I, I've spoken mm. to a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, over your 20, whatever mm. years, you know, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of players where they say, you know, getting injured towards the end of the pre-season is one of the worst because you've done all the hard mm. work, you're just getting mm. there and then you're back to, not even square one, no. you know, you're mm. back before that, aren't you? Yeah, really? no, way before that. Step he, back. You know, the start pre-season, he'd have been relatively fit. And yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. So you mentioned Remy Matthews there. Mm. I mean, Derek Adams, I, I believe, said that he doesn't mm. doesn't think Remy Matthews is an option. Is that Derek Adams being Derek Adams, or is that the truth? Do you think? Uh, probably somewhere in between. You know, um, do I believe it fully? No. I mean, there's there's got to be a chance. You know, Remy Matthews enjoyed it down here. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the way he had his first child at the back end of last season. Uh, him and his wife up in Norwich. Been very, and there was a few complications along the way. Fortunately, it all worked out well, but it had been very easy for him to have stayed up in Norwich and not come back for the last yeah. couple of games of the season, but he did. He was committed to Argyle. He enjoyed it down here. And, you know, I spoke to him a few times, and yeah, he definitely enjoyed it. He enjoyed playing first-team football. He enjoyed the rapport with the fans. The fans really took to him, didn't they? And he, he enjoyed and appreciated that. So, you know, if, if, if Plymouth Argyle knock on his door and... You know, I'm told, reliably told that you know, the discussions have taken place between Argyle and Norwich. You know, I'm sure he would consider it. Um, I'm also told that there is other interest in him in taking him on loan, which is hardly a surprise. No, no surprise really. at all. Um, now, if that other interest is closer to Norwich, perhaps at a higher level or another good League One team, would that you know sway it? Now, maybe does Derek Adams know that there's other clubs interested in? He he thinks that. Um, um, the likely chances are that he'll go somewhere a bit closer to Norwich. Is he trying to downplay expectations among the army, Green Army, and you know not getting them too excited? Because you know if Remy Matthews did re-sign for Argyle, and I emphasise did, if he did, you know then they would be very pleased with that, wouldn't they? So I think Derek Adams is probably not wanting to get too carried away. Probably not a hundred percent sure of the answer himself. Um, it's a possibility, but. You know, if there's if there's other clubs involved, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, if if Remy Matthews is going out on loan, then he's got to decide, you know, is he prepared to come all the way down to Plymouth for for another year, basically, you know, because I I suspect it would be a season on loan, and then is he prepared to do that for a, for a year or would he be closer to home? I think there's still a, an outside chance that he could almost be the number two at Norwich, um, but I really don't think. A twenty-four-year-old who's had a taste of first-team football with Hamilton and then Argyle, you know, sitting on the bench at Norwich every week behind Tim Krul, who's a very experienced yeah. goal. I mean, that's that's why Remy Matthews is is, is not getting especially at championship level. I mean, that's a great signing for them. Isn't you know, it? Dutch international Premier League goalkeeper. You know, you're not going to get in ahead of Tim Krul. So I think if I was Remy Matthews, I'd want to play first-team football somewhere, and then it's just finding the club that uh, suits him and his his 
personal situation. I think it must be hard when you're a goalkeeper when you've had that year of playing first in football and then all of a sudden you're back to second and third choice again. Mm. That almost will seem like a backward step. Yeah, and Norwich just said they think that he can be their goalkeeper, first choice goalkeeper, but not, not, he's not ready for it yet. Well, he's not going to get ready being first choice goalkeeper sitting on the bench for mm. Norwich all season. Mm. Um, the only way he's, he's going to be able to challenge at Norwich is by having a good, strong season this season and playing regularly so of course the loan market's over to the end of the month isn't it so yes know, it's, it may well something happens in a few yeah, weeks time you'd like to get the goalkeeping situation yeah. sorted out before Sorry, talk, oh, yes. Matthews oh, in before, terms of him he might mm. be waiting to see what happens and you know Tim Krul mm. will get injured next week and then these that's very true up. things that change is, so quickly don't it they it does I mean, um, you know Harry Burgoyne getting injured and Tim Krul signing you know, you know changes everything doesn't it yeah yeah, well, we'll move on from mm. uh, the goalkeeper situation. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll obviously bring anything when we find out about that. Mm. Um, so, if there is no replacement keeper brought mm. in, what, who do you think is going to get the nod this Saturday? Do you think it's Leverin as a backup, as number two, or do you think Cooper might be given that chance? I'd be very surprised if there wasn't a replacement. Um, you know, Derek Adams is you know the type of guy that he'd have been busy every ever since Harry Burgoyne broke his ankle. I think he'll have been making inquiries, sounding things out. Which was last Tuesday, I think. So he's yeah. going to be a, a so week and a half. We're almost a week down the line from, from Harry Burgoyne breaking his ankle. Um, I, I would be very surprised if there wasn't a goalkeeper brought in. Now, I suppose if if he saw somebody that he really thought would do a good job, but the, the club said, no, we just want to wait until the mm. season started. You know, we might not be, we'll be prepared to do something, but not until, you know, middle of August, late August. And he was really keen on this guy. Then maybe he might leave it, um, and just you know play the first you know two three games with one of Carl Leverin or Michael Cooper. Um, then he might do that. Other than that, though, I think he would really really prefer to get the first choice. We who we would presume would be the first choice keeper in. Um, it's an interesting question. If he didn't, mm-hmm. if he didn't, then you've got the experience of Carl Leverin and the the inexperienced but definite potential of Michael Cooper. Um, it's interesting that Michael Cooper did start two of the three games out in Holland last week. He started the game against the German side and also against Maastricht. I asked Derek Adams about um, uh, Cooper and he said he'd done very well. He's um, fitted in well into the first team squad, although he did have that sort of taste last season yes. with, with making his debut against Blackburn and then being on the bench for a few games. So, you know, for an 18-year-old, he's used to being around the first team squad. Um it it would be a, a very interesting call. You've got Carl Leverin, who, you know, to be fair, particularly in his first stint in the team before he broke his yeah. uh didn't break his ankle, he tore his uh, thigh, didn't he? And he had six games where he did really well, you know, he made his debut at Wigan and had a good run in the team. Um uh, I, I think you'd probably go with experience in the first game of a season, but I don't think anyone should underestimate how highly Michael Cooper is rated at Argyle. It's going to come to a point where they need to give him a chance. Don't well, they? yeah, he's only eighteen. Yes, I yeah, mean, people do say that, and I, I, I get that. But there's very, very, very few eighteen-year-old goalkeepers that play in the football league. Mm. You know, um, it, it's a rare thing. Um, goalkeepers, as we always say, develop later, physically stronger. I mean, that's one thing Michael Cooper's got in his. Um, as as one of his assets already for an eighteen year old lad, he's a he's a tall, strong is, lad. So. Um, so you know, physically, you know, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, if you're the manager and you're sat there and you've got um a thirty year old keeper who has um been around for a long time, has has probably been a career backup goalkeeper more than he would have wanted to, but that's been his 
his lot in life for a lot of the time. So Carl Evan hasn't played masses and masses of games, but he has clearly got much more experience. Do you go with the experience on the first day of the season, or do you go with somebody that's got very little experience? I mean, it would be his full league debut. Yes, of course. You know, do you put an 18-year-old into that situation? Um, it's a difficult one. But be interesting like I said, to see. It, ordinarily, I would, I would say certainly Kyle Leveron, but knowing how highly Michael Cooper is rated by the staff at Argyle, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could start. And maybe that's why I played two of those games just so he could have a, you know, a bit of a stronger you know, look at him. So it's, you know, you can build up partnerships with yeah. defenders and things like that. So it'll be interesting. My, my gut feeling, and it's only a gut feeling, and I've, you know, I'm not great at predictions, as you know, Jack. <laughs> um, my, my prediction would be that Argyle will have a new goalkeeper been between the posts on uh, on Saturday at Warsaw. Getting used to that, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so just to clarify, so the situation of Harry Burgoyne mm. is... If he comes back in December, he then will be with Argyle for the remaining. Well, this is of the campaign. this is this is the conversation that Argyle need to have with Wolves now. So that's still to be determined. Yeah, it's a season long loan. Yeah. Um, now most season long loans, not all, but I think most have a break in January. So I think you know, you, and again, it depends how the new goalkeeper does and a lot of different factors. There's, there's there. an awful lot of factors. They they need to have a conversation with Wolves, and I'm I'm sure they've probably had it already, mm. but they need to have a conversation with Wolves about. Are they going to look to try and bring Harry going back at some stage? Like when he's fit, is he going to compete? Or are they going to say, look, you know, the walls come to come some arrangement where we knock it on the head, you know? And that would have to cost Argyle money. I don't think Wolves should, you know, necessarily be expected to just take the keep. Oh, we're taking back, and it's yeah, no cost or hassle or inconvenience to you, sort of thing. Um, but I would have thought sitting here now, if if Harry Bourgoyne is going to be out to December. You'd want to get a, a, another goalkeeper in on a probably on a season long loan. Because he might be out to December, but there's all the fitness and stuff again, isn't it? And Absolutely, the, yeah. And the build so, up, um, so. but yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see uh, um, how it all pans out. Um, yeah, we we'll hope to speak to Derek Adams uh, sometime this week. I don't think it's going to be early in the week, unfortunately. But um, yeah, an obvious question for him is is, is what what is happening with the goalkeeping uh, situation, and um, yeah, we'll keep a very close eye on it because it's a it's a key position for any team, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it's not ideal because if you do have a new goalkeeper in, he's going to be working with defenders that he doesn't know. And those defenders, you know, are, are still getting used to each other as yeah. well because, you know, the centre-back, just sort of going slightly off at a tangent, but the centre-back, there's four centre-backs that have all played regularly in pre-season. Now, the two, who the two are going to be that start against Walsall is, is anyone's guess because I think out of all the positions... That looks a really close competition, you know. There's been good and bad. I mean, um, we haven't mentioned yet the uh, the overall town debacle from last Saturday, the five one defeat, which was which was awful. Um, but the centre backs have all had good and bad bits. But you've yeah. got Ryan Edwards, Scott Wooten, Peter Grant, and Niall Canavan. Uh, I haven't got the faintest. You know, if you ask me to predict who the two are going to be that play against Walsall, I'd be completely guesswork I mean, it'd be interesting to know whether Dan Hammond's made up his mind yet or whether he's when I saw him up at Biddeford um, the Biddeford game he, he pretty much said he, he knew his team then so um, but he's, he's mixed and matched yeah. all the um, the defensive positions think everyone needs to get used to everyone don't they that's, that's the way you can have a good team yeah. in the season you I can't... mean you know it looks like Joe Riley and, and Gary Sawyer in the full back positions to start the season looks like it but again you, you could be reading too much into 
Again, the other two that don't will be very hot on their heels. But they'll be very hot on their heels. Uh, You've got four centre-backs. I really haven't got a clue who the the two centre-backs are going to be. The midfield three, I'd be pretty confident as Fox, Ness and and, and Conor Grant, as long as his illness isn't anything that's caused any problems. And the front three will be Carey, Lemires and Taylor. So so I think it's the goalie. And the, and the two centre-backs, I wouldn't One thing to notice, Edwards has got a few goals as well, hasn't he, mm-hmm. in pre-season, which sets maybe a little bit... Yeah, and, you know, maybe, you know, he, he's looked fine when I've, when I've seen him play. He's looked fit and strong. He's scored a couple of goals from pre-season. Um, you know, it's been a funny pre-season because, you know, we saw a lot of the games in this country against lower opposition, so they weren't really tested very much. Yes. And then, obviously, they've gone to... Uh, to Holland where you know we weren't there and you know they played against you know better opposition so we haven't really seen them tested so that's, that's part of the reason I think why I'm not really getting an indication of who the centre-backs are going to be um, it's going to be a lot of competition you know, across that back four it's going to be very yeah. interesting it'll probably be the most anticipated uh, team news it always is isn't it yeah. I yeah, mean I, c- I can't see the front three and the midfield three being any different than those I mean it, especially with Lemiris' goal you know, yeah, yeah it's, I, I can't see that being any different but the defence and the goalkeeper is going to be the, the interesting ones, I think, for Saturday. Well, like we said, the Warsaw game is, mm. is approaching. Yes. I mean, mm. I, I've been looking forward to it, actually, but I mm. went to Bristol on Saturday and it took, I left here at half nine and got up to Bristol quarter past two, so I've already had enough of uh, yeah. the M5. Mm. But we will be travelling to Warsaw, mm-hmm. back on the road. Mm. Are you excited to get underway again? Absolutely. I mean, the start of any season, you, you're always optimistic. I mean, pre-season does tend to drag a little bit, I think. So when you actually get to the serious stuff and you've got the competitive edge to it, that's what you want. Um, so, yeah, um, going up the M5 on a Saturday uh, in, in the school summer holidays is never a good situation to be in. So, yeah, I think Argyle have already sold um, plenty of tickets, well over well over 1,000 tickets. In fact, I think over 1,500 Um so there's going to be a lot of the Green Army going up there. So, yeah, leave yourselves plenty of time to get there because, uh, you know, that, that area around Birmingham could well be uh, busy yeah. on a Saturday. Uh, but also, Saturday you know, like you said, it's competitive. Um, for journalists, it gives you a chance to really make proper viewpoints, doesn't it? It's hard, mm. like you said, in pre-season to really judge things for what they are. So yeah. it gives us a good chance as well. Well, I think we're all in the same boat with the fans and, and everyone, you know, and, and probably even Derek Adams to a certain degree. You can you can watch people in pre-season training and you can watch them in the pre-season games. Um, you know, I mean, you look if you looked at Argyle against Yeovil, for example, you'd have thought, crikey, this is going to be a really long season because, mm. you know, to get beat 5-1 by Yeovil was, and it was 5-1 after an hour. Um but again, I, I'm not going to read too much into that, and perhaps that might have been a bit of a wake up call and a bit of a sort of, you know, rather than having a a, a nice, simple, straightforward pre season where there's nothing flagged up as a potential problem, that the problems in with the Argyle defence that day were clear to all, for all to see, and I think all of the back eight that I'm talking about as being um, potentially in the first team against Walsall played in that game, so I don't think any of them particularly covered themselves in yeah. glory that day. Um, so, you know, it wasn't a great experience to see him play that game, and uh, you know they'll have to do an awful lot better defensively. Um, attack wise, wasn't too bad, but defensively was awful against Yeovil, and uh, you, you, I'm sure they would have worked a lot on that last week. So, you, you, judging things in preseason is very difficult. You know, we're in the fortunate position we get to see most, if not all, of the preseason games or a lot of the games. And fans, you know, say, well, what do you think of the new signings? What do you think of so and so? What do you think of so and so? 
and I'm always a bit reluctant to, to make judgments. And like you say, Jack, against Walsall on Saturday, we can start making judgments yeah. about people now. I'm not equally. I'm not going to sort of look at one game against Walsall and describe new signing as the greatest thing since sliced bread or the worst signing ever. Um, you've again, you've got to allow it a bit of time to get into the season, but you just can. Start, next milestone, isn't it? You can start making opinions and assessing things, and um, you know Walsall have been um, around in League One for a long time. Um, now they perhaps aren't one of the biggest and most glamorous clubs in in League One, but they have proved over a very long time that they know how to be competitive in League mm. One, you know, and they've not stayed in the third tier um, by fluke. Now they've lost Ersan Ostuma, who seemed to be the, the Turkish Messi, seemed to be their star man last year. He was a very good player, wasn't he? Now, you know, how, how much are they going to miss him? How much of a blow is that? They've brought players in, like all clubs do, and, you know, they'll, you know, um, still be bedding players in. So it'd be an interesting game for, for both teams. You know, Argyle have historically done well away from home under Derek Adams don't always do that well um, on the first day of the season although they did win at Wimbledon um, on the first day a, a few years ago so you know uh, it, it, it will be an interesting te- it'll be an interesting test and we can start gauging opinions of, of things and uh, you know if if if, uh, if Argyle have got you know Ryan Taylor up front and they've got Karen Ramirez behind you know that I, I'd, I'd expect them to to be able to create chances and then it's whether they're uh, able to take them could be, uh, you know, a very important part of the game. Maybe it's worth starting Greg Wilde. We know he's scored in both opening games well, for our goal so far. Uh, and that's, you know, <laughs> it's weird how things work yeah, like that. Very weird. And, you know, you'd certainly, you know, think, well, you know, he's done it twice before. Could he do it again? You know, because he scored in that Wimbledon game. He scored the first goal against Peterborough last season. So, um, yeah, who knows? And lightning strike three times. Football is, is, is strange like that. You do get a little freakish stats that uh, crop up like that just for anyone's interested I'm um, just list a few of the signings that Walsall made Andy mm. Cook from Tranmere who's mm-hmm. was a good striker in the National League but we mm-hmm. just not see how he does in, in League One mm-hmm. for Walsall mm-hmm. Chris Dunn from Wrexham mm-hmm. which obviously Dean Keats left Wrexham to go to Walsall so he'll know him very well yeah. Josh Ginnelly from Burnley and Zeli Ishmael who I was always think look, look a very tidy player yeah and he seemed to play against Argyle had a spell where he seemed to play against Argyle actually. every week because he was wasn't he on loan at Somewhere and from Berry, and then he ended up playing Berry, and then he played for Berry, wasn't it? Um, or he's, he's been at a few clubs. Our podcast listeners will remember there was a game where Ishmael played for someone, and then the next week he played for Berry against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one it was now. But um, he's a very tidy player, isn't he? So mm. Quite be interesting. Sharp, yeah. Right sided player. Dean Keats has also said he wants to bring in a few players this week, so they could well have some more signings. But yeah, back to normal. We'll be there blogging and doing all our bits as usual. Yes, so, uh, absolutely. Get back that. in. The, get back in the routine. I, before we uh, we wind up, I, I think we should mention the Argyle kids that went to the yes. Northern Ireland Super Cup last week because um, they went over. It's a it's a prestigious international tournament. You know, lots of big clubs send teams to play in that. You know, Manchester United, Southampton, and and, and all sorts of teams and from around the world. Argyle played Mexican opposition um, while they were out there. And um, I've gone there for many years. It's a good tournament. It's a good way of giving um, academy kids, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, a, a taste of a tournament in life and being away from home and playing in, mm-hmm. playing for Argyle in important games. And uh, it's the first time that Argyle have ever won silverware at the, the, the Northern Ireland Super Cup. Um, and so they... Um, they ended up they like a lot of sort of kids tournaments. You know, you you don't just have the main competition. You have various competitions that filter down. So you have like the top four teams going one and and so on and so on. Yeah. And so, and I I'll, I'll end up in the Vars competition. They effectively were the ninth best 
out of 24 teams in their section. But they won their final against um, a Mexican team called Chivas Guadalajara. Um, they won on penalties um, and they did really well. So congratulations to all the academy staff and players and uh, you know all involved with that. It was a fantastic achievement. Oscar Massey, a 14-year-old from Truro, I think, I need to double-check this, but I think finished the tournament as a top goal scorer as well. Wow. Uh, five goals in five games. So to go to uh, that competition and come back with a trophy and with the top score from the tournament, you know, was a was a good week's work for them. So um, so well done to all of them. A few, a few names we'll recognise in as well. Alfie Watson being one of them. Alfie Watson, yeah. Uh, Paul's son was there. And um, yeah, there's um, some, some brother, younger brothers of, of, of kids that have come through the Argyle ranks. Just, just, just going back to Watson, is that weird for you? I mean, you must have been covering Argyle when... Paul Watson was was coming through. I can right? remember when Paul Watson was coming through. Yeah, so yeah, you're making me feel older, now, aren't you? <laughs> when Paul Watson's son's uh, on the radar for Argyle, so the, the, these lads are sort of four, 13, 14, 15 mm. in the squad. So you know, don't expect to see them in the first time, first team any soon. But you know, they are coming through the system, and you know, I think quite rightly people have questioned, well, where have all the academy players gone that haven't gone? You know, there's a there's Argyle have had trouble getting players from their academy into their first yeah. team. There's a, definitely an issue there about we need to see the club get more academy players good enough and getting opportunities in the first team. And that's something that hopefully is being addressed. Um, but if you look at the system at the moment, the under-18s got to the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup last season, beating Manchester City and Burnley along yeah. the way. Now that the young kids have gone to the Northern Ireland Super Cup and they're two or three years younger than, or two years younger, but they've won a, a final and, and you know, they've had some good individual performances as well. So that is hopefully a sign that there are the players in the academy setup, both in the under-18s and a bit lower down, that have got ability. And now the wider question, the bigger question for people in the academy, and Derek Adams, remember, now he's head of football. Yeah. So he, that, I think, is one of his roles as head of football now is how do we get more young players coming through from the academy into the first team squad so so watch I think it's watch this space it was interesting to read though that I think they said Paul Watton mm. and for they'd all help with that mm. milk cup squad yes. so I, I, you know it feels like there's a lot happening you know last season mm. for the photo call they had the women's team mm. take the pictures of them all these little mm. things mm. this one club mm. it seems to be boding well for the future at least yeah. they're trying to do something about it yeah well that's it's a good test there's clearly ability there they Argyle didn't get to the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup and do what they did at the Northern Ireland Super Cup without these young players mm. having ability um, because the Northern Ireland Super Cup, some good teams go to that. You know, so you, you're not playing against you know, you know, nobodies. You're playing against good young you know, players. The, the Mexican side, by all accounts, are very useful. So they've done well to achieve that. So they've got ability, but they've got to get them through yeah. to the first team. You can have as much ability and win things at youth team levels and stuff like that. But if you've got to get the, the whole purpose of the exercise, the whole purpose of starting at nine or 10 is to try and get as many players as possible through your system into the first thing. Now, Argyle, I think would have to admit that they haven't done that well enough for whatever reason. And now they need to improve on that. And it looks like they've got the ingredients to be able to do that. And a good start to the season already getting a bit of silverware. It's never, never any harm in that. Never a bad thing. Well, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back again next Monday when we'll be looking mm-hmm. back on the Walsall game and yeah. looking towards the South End, the first home game of the season. So. Yeah, because the Carabao Cup is, isn't the first Tuesday, Tuesday this season. So that Bristol City away game is, 
is not until the following Tuesday. So no, look, we'll battle our way up the M5, Jack. We'll better leave it about six o'clock on Saturday morning then by the sounds of things and uh, make sure we get there in good time. I can't wait. Thanks for joining us.